I've been told it's a good idea to start a speech with a joke. Well, don't get your hopes up. I'm not here to tell jokes. I'm here to pick a fight. Bruins are on a 10-game power play goal-scoring streak, their best stretch of the season. Welcome back to the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez. And I'm Tyler Skills. Coming up on the Boston Bee Party, we'll discuss the Bruins' last three games. We'll preview the upcoming four games, including today's game against the Islanders. Um, there was rumors of Justin Williams coming to town. We'll let you know where he ended up. Uh, he was the last man in voting wrapped up yesterday for the All-Star Game. We'll try and find the results on that for you. And we'll go around the league and check on scores and other news from around the league. But first, Tyler... Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday to you, too, to you too Dave. Um, I think we. I want to get back to Fridays myself. I don't know about you. Yeah, of course. Uh, uh, but this is these Saturday sessions have been pretty nice. Yeah, I've enjoyed being in a different environment for our um, our podcasts. So yeah. yeah, yeah, we're in Studio C at the Connecticut School of Broadcasting Newton location today. Um, all right, let's start with Saturday's game against the Edmonton Oilers. Let's listen to Jack. Talk, uh, walk us through David Pasternak's 31st goal of the year. And I think this is going to be Pasternak's yep. goal. Yep, it is. But again, the Bruins thinking shot early. Be aggressive. Get the puck to the net. Face-off win. Eitan Haas to Leon Dreisaitl. Deeks on Carlo. He's got McDavid across the middle. Saved by Halak. A monster save. All right, that was an afternoon matinee, and last week I predicted that Boston would win that game, not realizing that there was the flu bug going through the locker room, which that coupled with a matinee game, I guess I should have seen coming. Yeah, it's the flu bug's unfortunate. I I actually didn't really know about this, considering a couple of players have been out, like uh, Chara, with this, although he had a jar injury. Yeah, he was pulled from one game this week right before the start of it. Um, yeah. Connor Clifton's been out for a few games now. I completely, I'm not going to lie, I completely missed that injury. Yeah. Well, we have John Moore, and he's been playing decent for a backup, along with Stephen Camper. So the defense has been doing all right for uh, for some backups. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, this was, a like I mentioned, an afternoon game. I thought it was pretty close. Boston scores first. David Pasternak with his 31st on the power play. Um Yaroslav Halak makes a big save on the combination of Dreisaitl, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. But then Jake DeBrusque with an unforced turnover leads to this Gutten, what's his name, Gutenhaas? Gaitenhaas. Yeah. I might have said that really wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I butchered it as well. Leading to this goal by uh, Haas for Edmonton. Haas, nice pass to Nygaard. He is tied up there by McAvoy as Jake DeBrusque gave it away. Gaitan Haas scores! Haas ties the game at one. All the time in the world, no pressure on Jake. He turns to find somebody. Here comes Haas. Just fans on the pass. And a quick release by Gaetan Haas before Yaro Halak can get set and get ready. Yeah, th- that giveaway from DeBrus was not good at all. The-, the giveaways have been very bad. Every single game we've had at least over... 10 giveaways this game was a total of 11 giveaways wow for the oilers that's a tough one yeah and we said before the with the team like the oilers with mcdavid and dry subtle we cannot give them the puck that the that giveaway from the brus is an example of 
of a bad giveaway yeah, from a it, really good team. It was completely unforced, too. There was nobody even near him. I think he was at the bottom of the circle, and Haas was closer, much closer to the blue line. I don't even think he was at the circle yet, and it just the timing of it just was awful. Right in front of the net, Halak doesn't even have a chance to, to set himself back up. Although, I'm going to say on this one, and again, I'm just some schmuck talking crap, um, when the puck's that close to you as a goaltender, I would think you would be a little bit more ready than he was. If you go back and look at that, he's kind of like standing up and pointing where it wants to go. I, I think that's, for young goaltenders out there, that's something to just always be aware of. Always, when the puck's in your zone, don't take it for granted that your team is going to be able to get it out, especially when it's right in front of you like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a pretty good game. Um yeah, although I think everybody had a minus in the plus-minus section, and nobody had a plus. Just all minuses. I think every yeah everybody had a minus. Yeah, Boston actually outshot them 36-26 to 26 in this game. Uh, Boston won for three on the power play. Boston with a 10 or 11 game power play streak going on. Yeah. So if you see a positive, a big positive, is that the power play streak continues. Yeah, and, you know, one of the – positives from this game i'd like to take out of it too is the shots you know 36 shots against a good edmonton team including 31 in the third period um there was no camper i mean excuse me there was no grizzly in this game camper i was in this game um again not knowing the flu bug was running through the locker room i probably would have said edmonton no problem yeah and edmonton uh we played with halak as our goalie tonight well, for the Edmonton game, excuse me. Um, and they had 26, 26 shots on Halak, so... Halak had a... Not his best game, obviously. He played decent, in my opinion, but... Just this... The, the defense that has no chance against some of those shots. And you're playing against guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl, too, so... Yeah, I mean, really, this was a close game until seven seconds left in the second period when Darnell Nurse makes it 2-1. to one. Uh, minute 48 into the third period, Connor McDavid with his 23rd on the year makes it 3-1. to one. And then much later in the game, Leon Dreisaitl with his 24th puts home the empty netter with nine seconds left to really officially put it on, on ice. But this game was over in the last couple of minutes, it seemed like. Um, yeah, but if we play Edmonton again, I think we'll play a lot better. Because yeah. we know more about the team. This is the first time we met him, so... I think a second meeting, I think we can get a win. Yeah, yeah. so we'll go to Edmonton next. When We'll have to take a peek and see when that game's coming up. But, um, yeah, it, oh, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. That's fine. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Uh, it's too early on a Saturday morning. I didn't get any sleep last night. What a jerk I am. Yeah, February 15th, uh, the day after Valentine's Day, they'll be in Edmonton. So it's a night game. Uh, hopefully by then everybody's feeling much better and we see a much better game again. I I do think this is going to be a Stanley Cup preview. Uh, unfortunately, we just didn't see that this week. Yeah. Moving on to Tuesday night's game, a six to two win in Nashville. Let's listen to Jack and Brick with the six Boston goals on that one. That Grizzly pass it back to Charlie McAvoy, Pasternak circling right. Osternock leading the NHL with 31 goals. Cranks 32. Coyle gets underneath Torres, wins the puck back to Grizzly. He gets Watson off his feet, and Hyden scores. Danton Hyden. 
with his first goal in eight games. DeBrusque to Bergeron, couldn't get his stick free. Bergeron scores! Second effort, Jake DeBrusque winning the puck, back of the goal and feeding Bergeron. Wagner, good heart contact with Jared Tenorti. Lindholm to Krug, gains the zone. Our Lindholm closes the shot, scores! Wagner was crossing the crease. Goaltender up, but they still needed to send two bodies over the boards in order to get up into the offensive zone. And because of that, they really don't have that urgency in the offensive end. And it allows David Krejci plenty of time to settle that puck, take a look. He's not being forced. He just buries it in the empty net. Richie, more shots. Richie across the coil for the top. And a little icing on the cake. David Pasternak opens the score in a minute 36 into the game with his 32nd goal of the season. Um, this was a nice goal, a nice game for me. Uh, six goals. We haven't seen six goals in, oh, my God, it seems like 100 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty decent game. Uh, shots were pretty even. Bruins with 36 and Predators with 35. Uh, once again, we had another power play goal. I believe that was from... Uh, it wasn't Pasternak. It was Patrice Bergeron with another power play goal. So Bergeron had a power play in that one? Yeah. And it was oh, his, yeah. his 18th goal of the season. I missed during that. The, during the second period. Boston also had two shorthanded goals, including one from Danton Heinen at 821 at the second period for his seventh of the year. And much later on in the game, um, Chris Wagner with his fourth of the year had a shorthanded goal. Yeah, this is pretty surprising to me uh, to see two shorthanded goals on a goalie like Pekka Rene. Yeah, he is a good goalie. Uh, we can discuss later his goal if you'd like. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. That was it's insane. Been, it's been since 2013 since any goaltender has scored a goal, NHL goal. Yeah, well, since I say surprising, now that I think about it, we're going to talk about this later, but they, they had a new head coach for their team after their head coach just got fired before the Bruins game. So Yeah, Peter Laviolette was let go on Monday, and they hired former New Jersey Devils coach Jack Hughes. Was it? No. That's, that's, that's the, the rookie. That's the rookie. What a jack. <laughs> I'm a jackass. <laughs> that's a big blooper. We're keeping that one in. Oh, yeah. No no problem there. Um, oh, crap. What was his name? Why am I having a brain fart on this one? John Hughes. John yeah. Hughes. Like like the, uh, the 1980s movie uh, producer, director. Yeah. Uh, so he didn't really get the tab... He didn't have much time to get into the special teams more. And our special teams tonight on this Nashville game was very good, especially with the penalty kill. Probably our best penalty kill game yet. And uh, the power play once again. Well, I, I mean, they, they gave up two goals on seven power plays uh, in versus Nashville. Um, not true. Maybe, they, but maybe not their best. I, I don't – I'm trying to look through the penalties here. You know, a lot of – But they did have seven penalties. Yeah. So overall – the penalties were not good, but the penalty kill was pretty decent. Another too many men by Boston. They had, what, like three of them last week yeah. or right around Christmas. That's, that's another one. You know, some hooking, some trips. Chara with another fight in this one. No wonder he had to sit out a game. He's probably got a concussion. Yeah. He's, he's been in, what, like five fights this year? Something yeah, like. I think this fight right here he was in. It was against some, like, rookie, and then he nearly, <laughs> he nearly lost. Yakov Trenin. Yeah, he nearly lost to that rookie. Gonna so. have to take a look at him. So yeah, he. 
Uh, kind of embarrassed himself there, in my opinion. You know, we touched on it a little bit on this one. You had Heinen with the goal, Wagner with the goal. Uh, Charlie Coyle ends up with an empty, empty netter late in the game. Krejci with an empty netter late in the game. Um, you know, you saw a lot of the secondary scoring come out in this game. There wasn't, yeah. It wasn't just reliant on that top line. Um, yeah. It's nice to see some of these guys get on the board. Heinen, who, yes, I like, but I still think is your best trade piece, even if your, dad, even if your dad might disagree with us. Um, Wagner, uh, I've, t- I've said repeatedly, I think that fourth line is one of the best in the business when it's going, and that's really starting to turn itself around. I think this fourth line, I agree with you, one of the best we've seen in a while. I love Chris Wagner as a player. He's our best physical player, as I said before. Um, Sean Corrali, of course, he's another good player. He's been playing a couple times on the third line, too, from what I've seen. Uh, I believe he played on the third line a couple games ago. It's actually during the uh, Edmondson game he played on the third line with Anders Bjork and Dan Nynan, So Yeah, there's been a lot of mixing and matching with the lines lately, especially apparently with the flu bug, bug going through. Yeah, of course. Uh, you got to see what what you can do when you can do it because if that – if you make it to the playoffs and that top line goes silent again, you got to figure something out. Yeah, I think I think because of this more secondary scoring was due to line changes. Anders Bjork was on the second line this time with uh, Krejci and DeBrux, So that, that was in Edmonton or Nashville? Na- uh, Nashville. Okay. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely like to see that. I'd like to see him get a goal again. I just looked at his last five. He's got nothing going on for him, but... Yeah. Definitely a nice young kid. Um, maybe you don't have to find a second line right wing if you can get him going. Or you can get Krejci and DeBrus going with him over there on the right. Um, I I still think you need to either move Pasternak down or... Uh, I disagree with you. Pasternak needs to be in the first line, I think. Please, Lord, don't strike me dead for saying this. Or move Bergeron down and move Krejci up. So I just think those are two simple solutions when the goals do start to dry up like they kind of have over the last few weeks. This pa- These past two games obviously excluded. Um, but I think that's... A nice in-house, simple solution. Yes, I love that top line. Use it as your power play. You get plenty of power plays. Yeah. You know, Krejci and Pasternak are both from uh, the Republic, so... Czech Republic. Czech Republic. I cannot say that right. This isn't isn't Star Wars. We're not talking about (laughs) the Republic here, folks. Yes. (laughs) They can can both work well together with their native languages. Yeah, and that that was one of the things. I think that's where Pasternak really started off when he came into the league was on Krejci's line. Yeah. Um, you know, and Krejci, you know, say what you want. Krejci is a, a phenomenal center and always has been. I, be, I think he's in the last year of his contract or maybe the second to last year of his contract. I know it's mm-hmm. a contract year for Jake DeBrusque. Um, Jake DeBrusque, who has a couple of goals in the Winnipeg game that we'll talk about in just a couple of minutes. Yeah, and you know the the moms were in this national game too. That was probably a power. That was probably a motivation for uh, the players to stop the sort of streak of losing in these in these couple of games with Edmonton. Maybe with Nashville, it was going to be a start for the uh, Bruins to get a form to get a couple of wins in their uh, in their in their um, games so far. So yeah, I don't yeah. I don't remember them doing a mom's trip last year. I'm not saying they didn't. I do remember they did a dad's trip. So uh, yeah. that's kind of cool. They kind of. You know, get their parents to follow them around and get yeah. to see a few things. So Spark that was pretty good. Spark some motivation in them to get a win. So. Although, speaking, yeah. of, speaking of the moms and Jake DeBrusque, uh, I think 
DeBrusque's mom kind of embarrassed him a little bit in his, uh, after the Winnipeg game and his two goals. There's a nice picture of him kind of covering up his face in front of his locker with his mom sitting there <laughs> talking to a yeah. reporter. So let's, let's move on to the game Thursday night. Boston with a 5-4 come from behind win over Winnipeg. Kind of fought back a couple of times. Let's listen to Jack and Brickley talk about those goals right now. Pasternak actually makes a nice job right at the blue line. Reaches out, keeps the play alive in terms of possession. Tries to make a play to the slot. That's not available. But then a nice effort by Corrali and Nordstrom. Just mentioned third guy high. This time Pasternak finds that quiet spot in the high slot. Shifley tries to chase Nordstrom behind the net. Bergeron wins the faceoff away from Lowry. The drive from Pasternak rattles the pipes. It's 2-2. And now DeBrusque races away from Spiza on a breakaway. He scores! Left side high. Jake DeBrusque puts the Bruins ahead for the first time tonight. Krejci gives to DeBrusque. He flips it into space. DeBrusque tries the short side and Pasternak has the hat trick. Grizzlick to McAvoy, and Jake DeBrusque with the doorstep tip. Um, Pasternak with the hat trick, his what seventh or eighth of his career? Yeah, seventh career hat trick. That's pretty crazy. I think he had a. This is his third consecutive hat trick season where he, when he had multiple hat tricks. And I, I yeah, right. Did you uh, swallow Kermit the Frog over there? <laughs> Um, yeah, I believe he has the second most hat tricks since he's come into the league, uh, behind only Alexander Ovechkin, who has nine, I believe. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. I think he can reach, uh, 10 or maybe more than 10. Oh yeah. Easily. Uh, I mean, he's still what we, he's like 23 I, I, I thought years he was, old. I thought he was like 30 last week. You, you set me straight. He's 23 years old. Um, so Winnipeg's Kyle Connor opens the scoring at 7.35 of the first period with his 22nd of the year. David Postonok ties it at 1-1 um, with at 17.14 of the, the first period with his 33rd of the year. All these Postonok goals, by the way, are league-leading, um, and he just keeps adding to his league lead. Yeah, and I think Austin Matthews, he's kind of in the race for that Rocket Richard trophy against Postonok. Math Austin Matthews has one goal um, – Behind him, and then Pasternak gets three, where he gets now where he now has yeah, thirty five. Yeah, thirty five to thirty one. Pasternak over Matthews right now. So yeah, he may have noticed him and said, "I need to get some more goals." Well, Toronto since the coaching change has been pretty decent. Yeah, you know, um, so they're really working at it, and and third place in goals would be tied with uh, Nathan McKinnon and Jack Eichel with twenty seven apiece. Yeah, in the NHL right now. Um, so six minutes into the second period, Andrew Kopp scores his seventh of the year on the power play to make it 2-1. to one. Just under four minutes later, Pasternak with his 34th of the year answers on the power play with a power play goal of his own. Jake DeBrusque with his 12th of the year, nice top shelf wrist shot on the breakaway, gives the Bruins the 3-2 to two lead, their first lead of the game, with just over a minute to go in the second period. But with eight seconds left in the second period, Neil Poink scores on the power play again, his fourth of the year, tie game, heading into the third period. Um, Mark Scheifel scores his 22nd of the year at 7.50 of the third period, giving Winnipeg the 4-3 lead. 
David Pasternak completes the hat trick, 11-13 of the period to tie it at four. And Jake DeBrusque with his third, lucky number 13 scores what will prove to be the game winner uh, 33 seconds after Pasternak scores his hat trick. Um, yeah. That, yeah, that, overall, this was a very entertaining game with a total of about nine goals. Yeah. yeah nine goals in this game, so. Two hands minus a thumb, nine goals. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, there were a lot of shots for the Bruins. They had about 36 shots again. Uh, so 31 saves for the Winnipeg goaltender. And Halak, he was up with uh, 21 shots in that game, and he only let in four. So Wow. And this was a bad penalty game kill game for them. Um, Winnipeg was two for two on the power play. Yeah. So. Not, not Halak's best game. What it is, it is four his goals fault, on twenty-one shots. Not many of them were his fault. So, and this is a very good team we're playing against with uh, Patrick Line and. Can, uh, can I ask Blake you an honest question? If Tuka was in that, would they be his fault? Uh, that's kind of tough. I mean, the well, defense it, it, was there, but you said they weren't Halak's fault. So I'm just asking. I'm just asking a simple question. I'm just asking a simple question. Not trying to start a fight here. This um, could have gone into an overtime game if Russ was in it. Oh, uh, I was afraid of that. I somebody put on Twitter the overtime stats for Winnipeg versus Boston, who's over the century in the shootout too. So, um, and I was just like, seriously, come on, please don't go to another <laughs> shootout. I know. Uh, but no, this was a this was a pretty good game for Boston. Um, yeah, you, you'd like to see Halak make a couple of those saves. That Scheifel goal, I heard them talking about on the radio this morning, on our way in, and uh, so I had to take a look at it. I don't know if there's anything he really could have done on that Scheifele. Yeah, this just, that's just a good shot. Just banks it right off of his uh, his blocker. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. So I think he did all yeah, he that could. Was, that was a really genius play. Then, then I now that I think about it more when I saw it. Yeah, I think the the primary assist went to Kyle Connor on that, who had the opening goal in this game. So yeah, Winnipeg's a, a good team. Um, I'd like to see them in the playoffs at some point. I, yeah, I don't know if they will. I'm a little bit mixed, and if they make it or not, I think I don't think they will right now. But I, they can prove me wrong. I think they can. Do you think Winnipeg will make it? Um, I'm pulling up the the uh, standings right now, and just to take a quick little peek. Uh, right now, Winnipeg is second in the wild card out west with 52 points, two points ahead of Vancouver, one point behind Calgary. Um, and if we head into the division, in the division they are three points behind Colorado for third place in the Central. So. Uh, they're in a they're in a tough spot. They're behind yeah. St. Louis, Dallas, Colorado. They got Nashville breathing not so much breathing down their neck, but Nashville's right there, five points back with two games at hand. So yeah, um, so yeah, I think Winnipeg absolutely could make it. I am still not full on sold in Arizona in the Pacific Division. So I I think and I think that could open up a. Uh, a wild card spot to kind yeah, of help them be, out. It'll be pretty interesting to see those teams go up against each other for a playoff spot. Yeah, I, I know we're only halfway through the season, but I am excited for the playoffs. Yeah. Already, so that is awful. I'm already looking way too far ahead. So uh, just to wrap up these last three games before we take a real quick break, I'm just kind of curious. What did you see, if anything, this week that um, you thought was a positive for Boston? Um, probably the amount of power play goals again. It's been continuing for a pretty decent length. So 
I think it's about like nine games they've had a at least one power play goal or uh, maybe less. Yeah, it, I I know it was at ten. I'm not sure if it made eleven. We can take a quick peek at that. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm gonna have to say the secondary scoring that came out. Guys like Jake DeBrusque and Danton Heinen and Chris Wagner, Charlie Coyle all scored this week. So that's something that you're really gonna need moving forward, especially with the playoffs coming up in a couple of months. Um, I know that there's uh, the All Star game later on in this month, and you're gonna take basically I think a full week off. You get it's kind of like a bye week in football. So that'll be good to get some guys rested, but I'd, yeah. I'd hate to see these guys heat up and then take that break and come back cold. I just, yeah, I that, agree. That's what that's what I fear about the NHL's new bye week situation. Yeah. So, all right, we'll take a quick break. I'm David Rodriguez, and I'm Tyler Skills. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Boston B Party One. We'll be right back. Wagner, good heart contact with Jared Tenorti. Lindholm to Krug, gains the zone. Our Lindholm closes the shot, scores! Wagner was crossing the crease. Gaetan Haas to Leon Dreisaitl, deeks on Carlo, he's got McDavid across the middle, saved by Halak, a monster save! Krejci gives to Dabrowski, flips it into space, Dabrowski tries the short side, and Pasternak has the hat trick! Look to McAvoy and Jake DeBrusk with the doorstep tip. Welcome back to the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez, and I'm Tyler Scales. All right, Tyler, let's uh, let's go around the league right now. Uh, this week, we mentioned earlier, Nashville fires head coach Peter Laviolette and all the assistant coaches, for that matter, on Monday and hires John Hines, former New Jersey Devils coach, on Tuesday, just hours before the Boston Bruins game. Yeah, I think this is a good time to get into the, uh, the Boston Bee Party penalty kill. Shorthanded bid. Marshawn and Bergeron going away. Marshawn turns to the forehand, holds. The Bruins will begin the second period on the penalty kill. The shorthanded breakaway and a save by Schneider. Marshawn, shorthanded. He's swinging back to get into that penalty killing formation through the neutral zone, but David Krejci fresh on the ice, replaces Bergeron. Head coaches being fired this year. There's been a total of seven, I believe. Uh, I get a count of six over here. We're on, the, we're on the penalty kill. You're up, Tyler. So the first coach to be fired this year for the uh, for coaching changes as a whole is Mike Babcock of the Toronto Maple Leafs. He spent five season, seasons in Toronto, and he was replaced by Sheldon Keefe, who I believe was the coach for the uh, Marlies. That he was, sir. The Toronto seems to have responded to that. It took him a couple weeks to really get going, but... If I take a quick peek at the standings as we're talking here, um, I'm going to say that Toronto has uh, really responded, like I said, re- really responded to the coaching change. Sheldon Keefe seems yeah. to have the ear of the players. Um, who was next? Next was Bill Peters, but that was a that was on Black Friday. I believe that was a racism incident. He was yeah. replaced by Jeff Ward. Um, and Calgary's not doing too bad right now. They're in the 
first wild card out west with 53 points, so they seem to be doing pretty well. Toronto, to get back to that, is third in the Atlantic Division with 54 points, so I believe yeah. at the time they were outside the wild card structure. Yeah, I think, I think around that time, too, with the New Jersey Devils head coach, John Hines, who is actually now the Nashville coach, by the way, is recently fired from, was fired from New Jersey and was replaced by Elaine Nasruddin. As yeah. the new head coach. I'm not so sure New Jersey responded to that. I think they responded more to the trading of Taylor Hall than they did to the firing of the coach. So I think the GM yeah. may or may not have missed on that one. But, I mean. Yeah, well, right now the uh, Devils are, well, with the new head coach, <clears throat> he is currently six wins, seven losses, and two overtime losses Yeah, he for a record. Yeah, I think he was doing better because New Jersey is now 15, 21, and 7. So that what it means they were 11, 14, and 5. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that New Jersey has responded to the coaching change. Um, Peter Laviolette, we just mentioned, replaced by John Hines. And uh, in Dallas, uh, their coach, oh, my God, I'm blanking on his first name. Um, uh, Jim Montgomery. Jim Montgomery, thank you was replaced by Rick Bonus. Um, Jim Montgomery, I read this week on HockeyFeed.com, uh, was warned about his excessive drinking, which is what led to the firing. They still have respected him and his family as far as the actual incident that he was fired for, which is good. But uh, he, it's reported that he's been since attending AA meetings and trying to get some help. So that's always good to hear. Uh, and the last one was um, out in San. Oh, I actually want to say something. Oh, it's, yeah. it's pretty sh- shameful that he got fired bef- right before the Winter Classic. And, you know, during the Winter Classic uh, with the new coach, Rick Bowness. Well, I'm going to say right now that he's been seven wins, three losses, and one overtime loss. So he's been playing. They've been doing a lot better with this new coach. Um, yeah, I'm, not, I'm just going to. I agree that they're doing better. They're doing good on the new coach. I'm going to disagree that it was a shame i mean if he was sternly warned a couple of times it was reported during the playoffs last year he was drinking heavily and causing some incidents in bars uh a bar owned by dallas's owner so i'm not so sure that it's shameful yeah it it sucks yeah it it sucks for him and his family i'm sure of it but sometimes you need that kick in the ass to get the help you need yeah it's so um, yeah so, again, yes, they've been doing pretty well, but I totally got to disagree with you on it being shameful. Okay. Um, Peter DeBoer was fired by San Jose and has been replaced by Bob Boner. But did I just say Boner? I'm sorry. Boner? <laughs> <laughs> We're not children, Dave. And San Jose, you know, they're third to last out west, so I, I'm not so sure that was a big. What Do you have their stats on what they've done since the, the coaching change? Bob Boner has, Boner has had uh, four wins, five losses. Now I got you saying Boner. Losses. I think I said it right the first time. <laughs> yeah, I know. You probably did. Uh, I'm sorry. I was talking over you. Can you say that again? Um, Bob Boner had a total of four wins, five losses, and two overtime losses currently this season as the new head coach of the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, San Jose's having a tough year. I, I, don't, yeah. think, I don't think Joey, Big Jumble Joe is going to make the uh, playoffs. I think one thing that they should do in the off season, I don't think they'll make the playoffs, is uh, get a new, get a, some new players in there. They recently acquired they had they had acquired Patrick Marlowe from the Maple Leafs. Uh, they had also have Carlson from the Ottawa Senators. He's been playing there for quite some time. 
Yeah, there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of big names on there. They lost Pavelski this year to Dallas. Um, they just uh, they unfortunately just haven't been able to get it together, which is too bad. That they're an extremely talented team. I mean, yeah, you have to be in this league. Joe Thornton. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Joe Thornton's he's what forty forty one almost. Yeah. So I mean, he's been in the league for quite some time. Yeah, he's the former captain of the Bruins team too. Yeah, that was we talked about that a couple of weeks ago with uh, Chris. Palermo and you know I, I was shocked when they traded him yeah um, I believe at the time the the rumor was is he got the call he was out to eat with his family at a restaurant got the call got up and had to go yeah was moving 3,000 miles away <laughs> <laughs> all right uh this week also Pekka Rene scored versus Chicago oh, Thursday actually, night wait, yeah and the Predators coach got fired did oh well we kind of mentioned that yeah so I mean We've mentioned that a couple times, so I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't mean to gloss over it. I apologize. Um, yeah, so he's replaced by Peter Laviolette, was replaced by John Hines, of, again, former New Jersey Devils goaltender. Yep. So, I mean, a lot of coaching changes this year midseason. I'm not so sure all of them have worked out. Uh, I, yeah. I think out of all of them, the Laviolette one, I just didn't, I don't understand. Yeah, and you know, I'm looking at some at an article right now from uh from a Boston reporter, uh Mike Kalman. He Matt, predicted uh, that Do you mean Matt, Matt Kalman? I'm Matt Kalman. Yeah, yeah, he's a WEI reporter. Yeah. Um does the skate pod for them. Yeah. He mentioned that the Minnesota coaches and Detroit coach would be fired. And they haven't been yet. Yeah, Detroit. We've been talking about that. Do you have the Detroit coach's name so that we can actually reference it? Yeah, Jeff Blashill. Yeah, so they are uh, twelve thirty and three. So we had talked about that. We never really went back and did any research on him, whether this was his rookie campaign as a coach. I don't re- recall hearing the name before, so I feel like maybe he was brought up as from yeah, an assistant I think, level. I think he was. This is his first year as a head coach, so they might be trying to do something with him. On uh, and, and as for the Minnesota coach. Yeah, I, yeah, that's kind of surprising to me that they would want to fire him. I mean, who's the coach out there right now? It is, is that the former San Jose coach, Bruce Boudreau. Oh, it's Boudreau. Boudreau. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right, Bruce Bruce Boudreau. Um, yeah, I mean, he is a good coach, so I think he's gonna get a little more leeway. But I can now understand if if that's Detroit's, if it's his first year out there, um, I can see why they're giving him so much slack out there. Yeah, just see what happens next year with them. Maybe it might need a change if you don't see your players live up to your expectations. I mean, you got guys like uh, Tyler Pertuzzi, Dylan Larkin, Anthony Mantha, and I believe Philip Zadina have been really good players over there in Detroit. And just seeing them not just uh, just be sit- the start team they are just just very un- under very underwhelming. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Um, so I guess the one good thing that uh, John Hines has done since he's gotten to Nashville, which has only been a couple of games, obviously, at this point, is he's got his goaltender scoring. Pe- oh, yeah. Pecorini's first goaltender to score um, since 2013. Twelve NHL goalies have scored in the history of the NHL. Do you know the top two leaders? The the only two that I could find that have uh, multiple. Martin Bredor, obviously. Martin yeah. Bredor, obviously. He had three. Can you figure out the other one who has two? No. It was, it was Ron Hextall. Uh, I, thought, I thought it was uh, Patrick Roy. Roy. 
Right, yeah. No, I don't know if Ruar ever had a goal. I don't re- I don't recall. I feel like he did. Yeah, he probably he's, did. He's he, an amazing goalie. He was great. I hated playing against him. I was so happy when he went to Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, upcoming, this in the next couple of weeks, we got the NHL All-Star Game. I have a question for you about the All-Star Game before we go too much further. Do you like the format, the three-on-three tournament, the four teams? No. Yeah. I don't watch it. Neither do I. Um, I, I like the three-on-three overtime to an extent. We've talked about this a, a hundred times this yeah. year. Um, a hundred is a nice round number. That's why I always use it. But, you know, we've talked about that multiple times this year and the fact that the the overtimes need to drop the shootout. Maybe you go three-on-three for seven minutes or ten minutes and then just call it a game, go back to the old-school ties, which they're not going to do. Yeah, I I think the overtime should be a bit longer. Well, is it, it's five minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it should be longer than five minutes. Maybe seven or eight is yeah. a good number. Yeah, something like that. Seven, seven and a half. Um, but yeah, for the NHL All Star Game, I just All Star Games in general, I'm I was over with when I was ten. I think they're all for kids. Yeah. Um, I think I do like a little bit of the skills competitions. Yeah, I like know. I like watching those. Back in the day, I used to like watching, like, Ray Bork was at most accurate one year. Um, obviously, Zidane Chara was the hardest slap shot. Yeah. You know, fastest skater, stuff like that. I think they've even come up with the goalie goals coming off the Pecorini goal. Yeah. Um, as far as one of the skills competitions. So those I don't mind. It's that that's the time of the year you want to do that stuff, shootouts, whatever. Um, but the three-on-three tourney, if, if you're going to do an all-star game, just do an all-star game. Rack up the goals like you used to. Have it like a 15-14 to 14 game like you were playing on the old Sega Genesis when you pulled the goaltenders against your buddy and you just, oh, well, sorry. Did you ever play a Sega Genesis? No, I played the uh, PS2 with the uh, NHL 06. Was that your first video game? My first video game ever. Was the, was that? Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, the one with Vincent Lecavier as the uh, star cover. That's awesome. Yeah. My, my first uh, video game system was an Intellivision. Uh, I don't know if you've ever played those. This is no, little... I've never even heard of that. You, uh, ask your dad if he ever did that. I bet you he's played. No, he played Atari. Titles. Yeah, Atari was a good one. I never yeah. had one of those. I bought my first Nintendo myself. I had a paper route. Yep, that was me riding the bikes. Um, <laughs> and then. Probably one of the best Christmas presents I ever got as a child that was a teenager that I can remember was one year I got the Sega Genesis Mm. in NHL 94. So that was my first hockey game, and I I was off and running from there. (laughs) Yeah, and I also had that Super Nintendo, too. That was up there, too. Yeah, my younger brother ended up getting Super Nintendo a couple years later. Yeah. Um, Now I still have the ps2 thank you for lending me that uh, i'd still be playing my Intellivision. um so uh i want to move on to the power play Got scores because they were willing to shoot the puck from the point it's going to open up plays closer to the net final seconds of the power play bobrovsky makes the save Played the power play and the bruins produce a power play goal uh this Boston B Potty Power Play is brought to you again by nobody because we are not sponsored by anybody but ourselves. Yeah, same with the penalty kill. Penalty kill, of course, was sponsored by nobody as well. Thank you very much, nobody. Um, we just came across an article that says Patrice Bergeron was voted as the last man winner uh, for the Atlantic Division. I we could not find anybody else, but um, I think that's pretty good. 
Patrice Bergeron is great. I, I still think it should have been Brad Marchand being higher up in the point total for the NHL right yeah, now. Yeah, I agree. But uh, I'm I'm happy for Patrice Bergeron. I don't know. Is this make him like a... I mean, he's got to be at least a five-dime All-Star. Well, yeah. I'm not even too sure on that. Yeah, this season he's played at least 36 games. He has a total of 18 goals, 19 assists, with a total of 37 points. Plus-minus total is 13 positive. Um, he's had a couple of power play goals as well, and... Uh, yeah, he's been having a pretty good season, and I and he's one of the most respected players in the league for a Bruin too, for all the teams he's on. He's definitely one of the most respected players. Yeah, I, I'm going back through this. I'm not so sure that the voting is even out, but he was definitely on the ballot. Um, yeah. So this could this could be a a premature ejaculation moment. Um, so this could be a premature celebration, so to speak. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, Bergeron's one of my favorite players on the team, of course. He's your favorite as well. Oh, yeah, one of my favorites, absolutely, definitely. Um, he's, probably, yeah, and he's, he's definitely up there in my top five all-time Bruins, too. So, um, yeah, and it's... Yeah, and, it, you know, it's good to see this, too, with especially with Brad Marchand being our penalty kill last week for the All-Star game. Yeah, again, I, I definitely think Marchand should have gotten some sort of consideration if it was... If he was left off any ballots, then shame on the NHL. At least he gets the rest for uh, the playoffs and for the upcoming games as well. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the only bad thing about going to the All-Star game is you need to rest. So, you know, if he decides to take the one-game suspension, I think that's just screw yourselves. Yeah, I mean, he could do the Ovechkin and Flurry. I wouldn't care if he did that. No, I wouldn't, but I just think that's a damn shame. You're going to suspend your stars for trying to do what's right for their team. I mean, yeah. when you get when you get to the playoffs, you're just playing for your playoff share. You mm-hmm. don't I don't believe you get that weekly check. It's just, you know, whatever your grouping gets depending on how far you go. Yeah. So, all right. Moving on, let's check it out. Uh let's check out the upcoming games the Bruins face. We mentioned earlier the Bruins are in Long Island today playing the the Islanders. Um yeah, the Islanders, they, they're playing against guys like Matthew Barzell, Matt Bailey. They're a pretty good team. Uh, Matthew Barzell is one of the best players in the NHL right now, of course. Some For good, the Islanders, definitely the, a good pickup. The Islanders have some uh, good goaltending. They have Semyon Varlamov. Uh, yeah. He played for Colorado last year. He has a 15-5-3 record, 230 goals against, 924 save percentage. And Thomas Grice, uh, 12 Seven and zero, two fifty nine goals against, and nine nineteen yeah. save percentage. And then look at the schedule. This is a very tough schedule for the Bruins coming up. We got the Philadelphia Flyers and Columbus Blue Jackets on the road. Yep, that'd be two tough games right there. Uh, okay. And then we finish off the week on Thursday playing Pittsburgh at home. So three game road trip, and then back home. Uh, it's going to end up being a home-and-home home for Boston, Pittsburgh, uh, on Thursday and then the following Sunday. Um, yep. So, yeah, let's see, Philly this year. Oh, they're second in the wild card. So, Columbus is two points behind them at fourth in the wild card race right now. Yeah. Excuse me. So, yeah, definitely you got some teams playing for some stuff. Just lost to Columbus last week. Uh, and a, a pretty tough game. What was that a two to one loss? Yeah, it was an and overtime loss. Was it to, overtime? Uh, a shootout? I yeah, mean, Pierre Luc Dubois got that last goal. Oh yeah, it was the overtime one. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, 
it's just gonna be it's just gonna be tough. You're, you're gonna face a lot of tough, uh, good players in the next week, um, especially finishing off in Pittsburgh. Who I don't know if Crosby's on the ice yet, but Pittsburgh is uh, still playing very well. They get some good goaltending from Matt Murray and this uh, Tristan Yari, who's been playing out of his mind this year. Twenty-one games, fourteen wins, six losses, two or four goals against. I mean he. I never heard of this kid before, but he's been playing out of his mind. He's got yeah. a few shutouts, too. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy for him. Um, what are your thoughts uh, on today's game? You got uh, Barzal is their, is their leader in everything. Goals. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll get a point. He'll get a point, at least one yeah. goal or one assist. Uh, for this game as a whole, I think the Islanders will take this one. I think it'll be a close one. Three to two. Three to two win for yeah. the Islanders. Okay. I don't know, but I don't know if it'll go to a shootout or overtime, but I think it will go to a shootout. I think, of course, the Islanders will win the shootout because we can never <laughs> win it. <laughs> I, th- yeah. I think I saw a stat that the Bruins are like 16% on their shootout stats. That's bad. It's just fucking awful. Yeah, that's embarrassing in the NHL. Yeah. Um. Well, they have some good goals from uh, Wagner and Coyle, of course. I wonder if, uh, do you have your Twitter page open? No. Okay, no problem. I'm going to take a look and see if I can find out who our starting goaltender would be today. Um, but let's head on to the, Philadelphia the, the game. Philly game. Philly, again, second in the wild card with, I think I said, 52 points. Yeah, this will be a close game, too. This could be a playoff game for all we know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Philly always plays us uh, very hard. Especially in the playoffs. That gives me nightmares from way back to when. Uh, for this field game, I got the Boston Bruins winning this one, of course. Uh, it'll be another close one. I think it'll be a low-scoring game with a 2-1 to victory. And then for the Columbus game, I think we'll win this one, too. I think back-to-back road games. I think we had that energy, and we bring it into another game. So for the Columbus game, I see uh, a 4-1 to victory. I'm going to take a big leap over there. Okay, yeah. I, I think uh, Boston has a good chance to win all four of these games coming up next mm. week. Um, to your Philadelphia point, I think one of the two things that you really need to do uh, against Philadelphia is not take too many penalties. Yeah, because Claude Giroux and Which just sounds Orchek. like a, yeah, just sounds like Very a cliche. And then my next thing you just touched on it is you got to keep Claude Giroux and uh, Sean Couturier uh, off the board. Yeah. Those are, you know, I I think those are their two best players even if you disagree with me on that, but yeah. that's going to be a key to that. I think the key to today's game is just going to be keeping uh Barzal and oh crud. Uh, Bailey like off the And apart. yes, and Bailey, you got to keep those two in check yeah, for this game. Remember that other Islanders game, Matthew Barzal was wide open, the defense was not even covering him. No chance for Halak to get that save. Yeah, you can't you can't be doing stuff like that. So. Yeah, that's a star player right there too. You cannot leave him open. Um, he knows what he's doing on the ice. And as far as the Columbus game goes, uh, I think yeah, I think Boston's gonna. I I'm not predicting any scores. I'm just so terrible at it. I feel <laughs> I feel so foolish, but I think uh, the I think that's gonna be the one would be my one uh, pick for the week as a definite. I think they're gonna they have something to prove after. Having the one nothing lead in that game for so long, and then giving it up in late in the third period and yeah. losing late in the overtime. So, um, I think the key to that is just to remember it's so fresh in your mind, uh, losing in such a fashion. I think that's gonna be it. 
Yeah. And then Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is just a tough game. I, I feel like Boston always plays Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh always plays Boston very tight. Uh, yeah, I, I think this one will be a tough one for yeah. the Bruins. The, this might be a close game. I think the Pittsburgh Penguins will get this victory. Yeah, I, I, one, game. that wouldn't surprise me in the least. Um, yeah. Do you remember a couple of years ago, there was just a phenomenal like back-and-forth game. I think Boston went up like three goals. Pittsburgh came running back, which Pittsburgh did to us earlier in the year, too. Mm. Um, they had that, what, four-goal second period Yeah. Uh, about a, two months ago. But, I mean, so, yeah, there was that one game. It was like there always seems to be a lot of goals. It was like 11 yeah. or 12 goals in the game, and it was just yeah, it's, out it's of always, nowhere. It's always a good game with the, the Pittsburgh Penguins when we play them. So Yeah, especially when will be good, too. Especially when uh, Crybaby Crosby's not on the ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just calling for a call. That, see, that's why I was getting on Pasternak. I hate that. Don't just look for a call because you think you're a fucking superstar, man. Yeah. You know? And if you are a superstar like a Sidney Crosby, great. But I, I don't like it when you're doing crap like that. So, uh, anything else today, Tyler? I think about covers or it covers it All right. for, uh, this week. Good show, Tyler. Yeah, good show as always. We'll uh, hopefully get back on the Friday track next week. Yeah. This has been the Boston Bee Party. I'm David Rodriguez. And I'm Tyler Skills. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Boston Bee Party One. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you next week. Boyle gets underneath. Torres wins the puck. Back to Grizzly. He gets Watson off his feet. And Heinen scores. Danton Heinen with his first goal in eight games. DeBrusque to Bergeron. Couldn't get his stick free. Bergeron scores. Second effort. Jake DeBrusque winning the puck. Back of the goal and feeding Bergeron. Goaltender up, but they still needed to send two bodies over the boards in order to get up into the offensive zone. And because of that, they really don't have that urgency in the offensive end. And it allows David Krejci plenty of time to settle that puck, take a look. He's not being forced. He just buries it in the empty net. Richie, more shots. Richie across the coil from the top. And a little icing on the cake. Number 47 for Boston. Both guys, five minutes each for fighting!